0: Don't forget, if you leave this podcast, hold reset while you turn power off. Today, we're taking one more turn with Final Fantasy. Hello, welcome to One More Turn. I'm Jim.
1: And I'm Kevin. With this week's game, Final Fantasy, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, names in games. Uh, with Final Fantasy, you had that four character limit in the English version.
0: Oh, you're talking about naming your characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I'm Kevin. So I have to, when I was naming my main character in that game, I dropped the I. So it's Kev N. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you have three other characters to name or, or in other games. So. Where does your mind go with the four-letter words? You know, it goes right to, it goes right to dirty.
0: Of course, of course. Well, how how often have you been to the bowling alley before? Because ultimately, naming, putting your initials there is just preparing you for this inevitably.
1: My white mage would be piss. My partner would be shit. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. thirteen. All I'm thirteen forever in my mind. So I'm gonna always name these characters something awful. Uh, but <laughs> how about you? What were what were you always wet with? With uh, maybe not specifically Final Fantasy, but this and other games when you had that character limit.
0: For the longest time, I, I think even to to an extent now, one of the longest sections that I have whenever I play a game is me staring at the character select screen, trying to come up with trying to come up with a character name. Like for the longest time, I would just sit there, like I just had my mind racing of like, oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Uh, because I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be stuck here with this character name. I'm not going to be able to change it. I can't just ask all the NPCs to call me by some catchy nickname that I just came up with because I'm a jerk. What do I do? What do I, and I just, I, I can't put in my own name. That's lame. This is a fantasy.
1: I always put in my own name. Um, maybe that's just, maybe that's just ego talking. Like, oh, did yeah, you, like, I, or- I would be that good. In did you
0: world. Oregon trail it and just put like, here's your name, and then all the names of your friends, and so that way whenever anything horrible happens to to them, you can let them know.
1: Uh no, no. I I sometimes would meta with it, Jim. That's how big of a, a jerk I could be. I I just put name sometimes. Oh no. Yeah, right. Oh
0: no. So at which point then, you just name all of your characters the same thing just to confuse just to confuse yourself later on. You're like, "Oh no, name's uh, getting attacked."
1: <laughs> name and name attacks name and name. Yeah. It was Oh no. Yeah, really like. It <laughs> just
0: sounds like a battle of honor. It's like, "How dare you <laughs> damage my name?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> I was a pretty lame lame child lame was another name i'd use quite often as well lame name so i see
0: well what did you what did you choose for for this iteration of final fantasy what, what did you name your guys um I, I,
1: god i went the sweet route i went with my name first and then i went with my cat's name bunny and then obviously the white ma- mage is my uh my wife steph it's always gonna be <laughs> she's gonna be thrown in there and then gosh i can't even remember the fourth name it's probably Mick. For some reason, Mick was M-I-C-K. It was always some... Um, I don't know why I always landed on that name, but I, that was always kind of my... Fall fallback persona. There's in enough. There's worlds. enough
0: Michaels, I think, in the uh, in fantasy worlds. That well, and in real worlds as well. That I think you could you could easily pick up someone by that name.
1: Oh, I'm thinking you saying that now. Uh, my middle name is Michael, so it's probably again just my oh, no. just my inflated. It's a ego. subconscious draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so in, in this
0: case, when when I did it, so I, eventually I ended up just sticking on one name for more or less everything that I play. I am, I am always going to be some version of Fuzzy Kitty or the fuzziest kitty. There's a long story about involving a Soul Calibur II arcade machine at the mall that involves that. Regardless of kind of the character limit, I wish I had to put that in somewhere. So like I had, Yeah, Perfect. so in this case I had Fuzz. Fuzz was one of the characters. Um, there was an identical version of that character, so I just spelled the name backwards. And then I just had, like, two guys that I knew weren't going to contribute very well. So I tried to come up with names that I was okay shouting at in a very disappointed voice. (laughs) So I had a character named Murray, which I just wanted to be like, Come on, Murray! Which, at the time, I didn't actually realize was a Kids in the Hall sketch, but hey, more power to them. And then I, I just couldn't come up with another one, so I just put a character named Lard. Which... I found out, then turned out to be hilarious whenever you got into a fight with snakes. And it's like, okay, you have this guy attack the snake, and it just has the word lard asp. And then I just kind of giggle at how that all worked out.
1: Wow, we are, we are 10 years old all over again here, Jim.
0: But it's an accident. It's, well, I think it's an accident anyway. <laughs>
1: uh, so after, uh, after, you know, going on to other names, it, it got me thinking about, how naming your character in general, you know uh, is Zelda is a great example. you name your character your name or whatever name same thing, and they often call you the same thing, but I always find it weird because nobody in when you go talk about the game later on, nobody says the hero or nobody says their own name to explain what they've done in the game to their friends. they say link, they say link, they say Zelda they say they say the names of the of the of the real names of the characters, so I, I, I find it weird today. Like they still kind of well, do this on, thing. Hang on, hang
0: on. Like I have, I have admitted, admittedly here's going to be putting a bullseye on my chest here. I've actually not played any of the Legend of Zelda games since the first one. So like, you can you can name you can rename Link.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can name them pretty much whatever you want. There might be a character limit with some of the Super Nintendo stuff. OK, but when I played like Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess, yeah, you name him. I named him myself and it's like, you know, Kevin, go to the wind temple and, you know, keep, beat the crap out of Ganon. Like and so at first, you you know, you see your name over and over in the text and it is it is supposed to be that experience of like, oh, yeah, I'm the hero here. I'm the one doing this. And then you're like, oh, but it's, it's not really. That's Link. Like
0: nobody. Right. Goes. It's clearly like it, you know, it's clearly showing a visual representation of something. And if you don't necessarily uh, agree with how it's portraying this like, this, embod- this this virtual embodiment of your character, then you know then why then then why even put in your own name unless you want to, you know, similarly to what uh, to what you were saying earlier, unless you want to put in a name that's just in there, uh, just to giggle every time every time you come up with something with good use of commas and
1: the like yeah but it it's funny like the naming thing sometimes gets to the heart of the, a role playing like what persona do you want to assign to this character and you know more games today they they kind of take that away from you in a way they they you know and, and rightfully so you're not you're not some blank character anymore like in final fantasy where you're just red mage or just some blank hero you're, you know, you are that character in that story with a personality and a history. So why have a different name than what the designers were thinking of, you know? Oh,
0: no, ex- exactly. I mean, actually uh like Mass Effect comes to mind in that, you know, you you have to be Commander Shepard regardless, but that's okay because Commander Shepard has this own person this own written personality in there. Like it, it, I find it very difficult to try to put in your own name for for a character that already has a pre-written or, you know, there are maybe minimal paths that you can go in kind of creating that character. But ultimately, like, that's that's probably not exactly the route that you would take if you were, you know, in this situation, like Captain N or something like that. Yeah,
1: it's a great example of Mass Effect is they you get to name him, but you are never referred to by that name in the I don't game. I think
0: you do. No, you do. You, you get huh. to
1: name your first just the first name.
0: Oh yeah, and they never refer okay, yeah, they yeah. never refer to you as it.
1: Yeah, they never listed in the text. They never do anything other than they just call you shepherd yeah. all the time. That's so. right,
0: that's right. Oh yeah, like every time I just opened up I opened up the menu and it just says like, oh, I'm going to uh assign assign my skill points to fuzzy shepherd.
1: Right. Right. Large shepherd. L- name name shepherd.
0: Murray. <laughs> Murray. Sorry I couldn't save us from the reapers. Murray.
1: <laughs> Murray, how could you let <laughs> Wow. Murray, I think I'm going to steal that. Murray's going to be my guy now.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Murray. Murray, how could you let the elusive man trick you again?
0: Oh, again, Murray. <laughs> Look, I know. Look, we're all fans of Martin Sheen here, but come on.
1: But yeah, but that is a great example. Like it is. You probably did the same thing. You stared at that screen for a long time. You're like, God, I'm going to have to hear this name 50,000 times or read it a million times. And then they just there's nothing. There's just they just call you Shepard the rest of the time. There's just sort of no no point in even really no point in even naming your character in, in Mass Effect.
0: Right, right. You could just have like a blank there, or even just, or even just put Commander as the name.
1: <laughs> Commander, Commander Shepard. I right, like it. Just it. turned
0: into a Catch Twenty Two situation. <laughs> Hi, I'm Major 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 Shepard. <laughs> My title is Commander. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> oh,
1: doesn't it turn into? I, well I still
0: wouldn't have Rex call me any other name than just
1: Shepard. It would make that uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern number a lot, uh, <laughs> a lot better.
0: <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Well, I, it's interesting because you know, there, like, there still are, I mean, there still are a, a few games now that certainly you know take take heart of this. Uh, the new, the new XCOM comes to mind. That I know it's certain it's in my queue to play it, but when it initially came out, I had a number of friends sending me screenshots of how characters that were named after me met really untimely ends with like, oh, and, okay, here you are taking nobly sacrificing yourself to a stray rocket or serving like serving for scientific studies as two aliens jump out of your chest and then attack and then eat two of our other friends
1: (laughs) yeah it's kind of the only the only place i really see it i see it more on the pc and uh mmo side than anything because those those just don't usually have much in terms of Scripted characters, anyway. I mean, they do, but you know what I'm saying. Like you, you as the hero aren't going to have a script, so they're just going to give you the text name, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah. Generally, in games where it leaves a lot of the character development up to your own imagination, that's that's generally where you see it, right? Now, of course, there are there's some weird instances, like you said, in kind of in a like the the Legend of Zelda series or some of the, the even the recent Final Fantasy ones where. There are clearly are characters with written, you know, with with written personalities in there, but you can feel free to still change their names to whatever you want. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like as we go more to uh, games that don't have as much text, you know, away, you know, more into sort of this new era, it's they're just. I just think people naming other than the MMO space, people just naming their own names, putting their own names in there, is going to go away. It's going to be one of those, one of those things we remember from a bygone era, Jim.
0: Possibly where everyone yeah. just now identif- where everyone will in the future identify each other by their ICQ handle sure. and call it a day.
1: Sure. Sure. Sorbo seven five three six two one. That's gonna be my Oh, name.
0: you're Sorbo five <laughs> seven three six two one? Yeah, I'm one three
1: eight four six two nine. I thought that was you. I thought that was you. I thought it was I thought actually you were seven four. Two, Uh, one—I can't even do that. Can't even do that. I can't even go that far.
0: That's fine. That's fine. We'll be right back on one more turn.
1: Welcome back to one more turn. I'm Kevin, and I'm Jim. This week we're going to be doing Final Fantasy, the 1987 Japanese role-playing game for our boss section here. Uh, like I said, originally reached in December 1987. Came out on originally on the NES, but has basically come out on every system since. Uh, currently, I think the latest one is the iOS. About the same time that Final Fantasy came out, you had Zelda 1, Dragon Quest, Zelda 2, and other light fantasy or, or modest fantasy games like Xanadu. Uh, this game was probably mainly inspired by your Western, uh, Western PC RPGs, like your Ultimas, your Wizardries, your Dungeons and Dragons. Main notable things that came out of this game is basically it created Square. Square, as it's known today, wouldn't exist without this game. It launched them. It was the, it was the thriller for them. It just made them all kinds of money. It still makes them all kinds of money. Uh, simple, pretty simple story. You're one of four white warriors. You've got to save the four uh, elements of the Earth, or the four elements of this planet, which is never named, Earth, Wind, Fire, and Water, have been taken over by four fiends. Your four warriors of light holding an orb that can restore the power of these, these elements. And that's where it starts. Off you go.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's actually, I think it's the, it is the most that you can kind of cut down to the basics of the average of the average of what you see now is like a JRPG. It's clearly like here are your good guys. They are the warriors of light. Here are the bad guys. They are the you know trying to put the world into darkness. Here are your orbs that each represent one of the elements. Call it a day. Go for it.
1: Yeah, there's certain story there. I mean, the, the story doesn't the story starts off like that, and then they immediately give you a side mission that kind of introduce the world to you. So immediately you have to go save a princess. Typical typical video game trope.
0: Right right now that's that's it's interesting because that was that was immediately like that was the beginning of Dragon of Dragon Warrior/Dragon Quest 1 as well right you had to go and rescue the princess from a dragon. And so in this case you have a like a tutorial level well what's functionally a tutorial level even though it doesn't really like explain it explains a little bit to you in town but it at least gives you that opening area which shouldn't which probably won't be too bad for most people.
1: No, 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 I, yeah, it's, you know, I played, you played the NAS version, and I played uh, the iOS Apple version, and yeah, it starts off exactly the same way, you go to the, you walk into the town, Cornelia, or or you walk into the castle, Cornelia, talk to the king, Cornelia, I don't know why it's called Cornelia, (laughs) it's a fancy corn, and you, he says, my, Garland's my great knight, he's kidnapped my daughter, he's in this temple of fiends, uh, go save him. Go save her, and off you go. You have to immediately start grinding. It's your classic sort of grind RPG, and you have to do a little bit of that uh, before you even fight him. I, I always, I tried to grind my guys up to about level three, four, before I even entered that temple. How about How about you? Well, I know,
0: like cause the the initial town that's there. I mean, there, there's a number of people that they give like, the the amount of the advice that they kind that they give is just functionally. Here is what you need to do, in which case, early on, it's you need to rescue the princess. Except it's really handy in that every keyword that you need to know is in capital letters, so you don't actually even have to read anything that's in lowercase. So it'll just say, like, WARRIORS, all cap, revive the power of the ORBS. Okay, okay, I am warriors. I need to go find orbs. Sure, that makes sense. Versus, like, when you start, like, talking to people, if they have nothing in capitals, you can just kind of ignore it. Although every once in a while, like, I found it in that first town, uh, Corneria, which I think, still think sounds like a place you're visiting in Metroid. Um, like, if you ever talk to the well, it just says, see your face upon the dirty water. How dirty? Come, wash your face.
1: I like those like, little things. What is, what is this? <laughs> I kinda, yeah, all of a sudden there's like a narrator involved.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily also know it, probably weak, weak translation, at least, you know, getting in the NES version. I imagine that got cleaned up a bit um but
1: that's like uh that reminds me of like when i was playing like ultima three or four and you'd look and it would say look left you see grass (laughs) that's it. like like not you see nothing you see grass uh but what's interesting is uh, there's that same i almost prefer the nes in this one where they kind of highlight everything for you like what to look for you know what's important like basically when you're reading the text you know what's important because the ios they they you, they don't have the one screen limit on the text. Okay. So you know how like it's just that like brrr, brrr, like it makes that sound of any oh, the text box thing. <laughs> yeah, um they don't have that on the iOS version. At least I don't mm-hmm. think so. When but you they, start
0: up when you start up the iOS version, does it do you have like is it still the same three options of new game, continue and then you've got respond rate?
1: No, no, but they it's it's a nice white screen and it says new game continue or uh extras if you beat the game and it has the music but it's beautifully orchestrated it's not it doesn't sound like 8 bit music you know it's like a beautiful orchestra performing it and then they but but the first thing they ask you is text speed which yeah, you if you're playing this, you're gonna to want to bump that text speed right up to eight or nine or oh, ten or all completely. the way up. And then oh if you yeah. Have, and then if you're emulating it, you're gonna to want to bump that speed up in the game about double. <laughs> yeah,
0: I played it. Oh, I, I may have played it at about two, three hundred percent speed. Now in the io in the iOS version, then did, was it kind of, was the game still introduced the, kind of the same way where it had that? What I guess would would be considered like an NES cutscene yeah it still it gave you a little bit of the background of the story and like even i think once you got past once you got past the introduction it actually flashed the credits which i thought was really interesting it was almost it was almost like like a lot of like modern movies where where it has like an opening scene it has like an opening scene and then it has like the title followed by the credits and then so we don't have to worry about that at the end like a bond film kind of comes to mind
1: yeah, it does that. It uh, it sort of. Well, I don't think it does the title at the beginning. It just does sort of introduces the game. It, you know, the world is dark. The wind is dying. The earth is you know going dry. The water was the seas rage. Blah blah blah. So it goes, but it has like an animation, and then it just opens up on the on the world, and then you start you you know you you level up. You go you go into town. Getting back a little bit to the tech stuff. They 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 are more chatty in iOS. Like it's not just one screen, and they're like, "You go there," you know. It's not like they're talking like Tarzan. They're talking like real uh, real people in the text box.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's interesting um, because I, I have I have quite a few notes here that are just quotes that people in the first town uh, had given me. Specifically, the number of people that only just said the phrase "save the princess." Like, did they do they even know who I am? Are they just like asking every person who comes by, like, "Hey." Just please save the princess? If I just ask enough people, eventually there will be that one outlier, or at least Malcolm Gladwell says, eventually there will be someone to come
1: along to save the princess? I think they're just practicing. You know, they're probably just practicing on everyone and just hoping the right person comes along. Maybe it's like like they're doing an audio, like a little vocal test, like save the princess, save the princess. Save the princess save the princess like i, I think save the princess <laughs> i think it's just one big casting room is what uh first I see, Town is. there's
0: actually it's actually this big theater performance that's going on and it just so happens that oh the princess actually was kidnapped also i think it was in the uh the castle there are a few locked rooms in the back that are claimed to be locked by a mystic key there's a wizard in there that explains it who says? Oh, the treasury is locked by a mystic key, and that key was given to the elves. I kind of wonder how Cornaria pays for anything if the key to their treasury is just off in another <laughs> land, given to like given to another race of creatures.
1: I'm gonna say let's take. We're gonna talk about sort of game world and what's going on in a game world because I have a lot of bones to pick. Like you have a lot of bones to pick with the, the, them talking. Oh,
0: I have like a skeleton
1: to pick. I have, a, I have a, I have, I forgive that guess, because it's an old game and, you know, text limits and things like that. Of course. You kind of have to fill in the blanks. A lot of those blanks are filled in with, with the iOS one. Uh, they retcon a lot of the story. I have actually a problem with the spell system in the newer games, but let me, let me just briefly get us back into, to what happened. You, you go to, just quickly get to the first part of the story. You go to this temple of fiends and you go in and there's Garland. He's the old Cornelia. He basically says, "I'm going to conquer the world," and then you kill him, free the princess, and get a loot out of it. The, my favorite part of this game is when the bridge is built because you're stuck on this island with the with the castle, which makes no it does make no sense to me. Like this, they haven't built a bridge. They would only fix the bridge if you saved the princess. Like that's that's kind of a little ridiculous.
0: Sure, they're like holding their entire population <laughs>
1: hostage. Right. No boats, no bridges allowed until this princess is saved. Uh, but walking over the bridge, I, I always got a huge kick of that out of that because then the title roll, you, you take the step onto the bridge and then the title screen rolls. And it's that great shot of like the warriors in the foreground and there's a little text box in the left corner. And it's the castle in the deep, far background. It's, it's all green or blue colored. Uh, they, they give it a little color in the iOS one and a little animation, but I, I always kind of like that. They give you the narrator comes back and he's like, now the four warriors, they're on their way. Yep. Now, now home. your adventure
0: is truly beginning.
1: Yeah, like it's I kinda, a nice
0: touch. I like it.
1: I always liked that part just because it was like they kind of re- explicitly telling you, "Hey, that scene you just had—that was just—that was just a preview to the wonderful world of Final Fantasy you're about to enter." <laughs> and, and, and I mean, it's nice on the iOS one because those birds, because they're probably locked in the sky on yours. Like in the birds. It's, yeah, it's an image—a little, uh, you know. uh Birds in the sky. They, now they like fly like doves, like it's, like it's, uh, the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. They fly off the screen.
0: Sure. Or Mars Attacks, right. <laughs> or,
1: or any John Wu movie. Oh,
0: I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And then, and then it starts. And then it, that's when it's like, okay, now it's, 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 let's, let's move on. Let's, let's get this, let's get this party. Let's get this four part, this four man party started, you know? I don't know. I, I I don't know how you felt about that. I, I always liked that. Like they like the that they they kind of, a lot of games do that today. But I felt like that was kind of a you know probably one of the or maybe console ones that did had a little like no, you said it earlier like a mo- film touch to it.
0: Yeah, it got you excited. Like, well, it got here. It got me excited. It got me to see like what what was expecting. Just, you know, here I am. Like I am this you know party of. Um, I mean, not even adventurers. You know, our guys are like level two, level three. They look like they're still in chibi school. And like, oh man, like check it out, man! I rescued the gosh darn princess. And wait, what? You're telling me my adventure hasn't even started yet? What kind of cra- like what kind of craziness is gonna is gonna unfold from here? Maybe not quite like to such an exaggerated standpoint, but ultimately it's like you know, hey, I've already done this thing. That let's be honest, you know, it made, I had, or, when I played it for the first time, I had already play, I'd played Dragon Warrior one, and that was about it. I was like, man, that took up like half of Dragon Warrior 1.
1: What, what what, what, will this build to? Yeah, and I think that's intentional. Like, everyone had probably played Dragon Warrior at that point, or everyone who was playing Final Fantasy had probably played it because it came free with a Nintendo Power subscription or something. You know, you got to remember that Final Fantasy came out in 87 in Japan. It, came out, it didn't come out to the U.S. until like 1990, so it was like three full years later. So, yeah, a lot of people were probably familiar with Dragon Quest. Yeah, which you said, half the game is finding that damn princess, <laughs> you know? And so this, you've already done that, and you do it in less time, and now they're like, no, there's a ton more for you to do. So,
0: question question on the iOS. In terms of how does it... Does, does the game introduce at least the mechanics of the game to you? Like, when you're at the shops, for example, um, how does it, intru- does, it, does it... Does it give you any information whatsoever about what it is that you should be doing.
1: Yeah, because the NES one doesn't tell you anything. Like, you just sort of have to guess.
0: Yes, I know. <laughs>
1: and uh, what it does is you, in the any shop you walk into, normally in the NES has that screen of, like, the shopkeeper and then the, your whole party to the right. and then
0: With, like, the little arrows
1: find. going up and down. And if yeah, they yeah, equip yeah.
0: something, they'll be, like, cheering up and down. Like, whoop, whoop, call me, yeah. call me.
1: Yes, in in the NES one, or the iOS one, you walk into a building and it has it's like a whole little mini map. You know, it's a small. It's like you know, like how Final Fantasy IV is. You walk into buildings and they have things inside of them. So when you walk into the inn in the iOS, uh, there's a room off to the right in the very first town. That's that's all the other. It's more sage type characters that tell you how to play the game. Like here's the mo- here's the type of monsters. Here's how you attack. Here's what your items do. You know, wh- wh- which a lot of Final Fantasies adopted since I think. Three or four, like you walk into some place and they they have a they have a room of guys just tell you the button layout.
0: Sure, kind of <laughs> like just the trainers, the trainers yeah. that are kind of that are speaking to you, the player versus. basically the room that kind of re- that removes you from the game. Then as soon as you walk out of that building, it's so, all right. Back back to where we were. The commercial breaks over.
1: But that's because you know I, I think there's a reason for that because when you're buying an iOS game, you're not going to buy an instruction booklet. You know, I bought the original Final Fantasy when it came out in the U.S., in the NES, and... Yeah, I,
0: mean, I had a copy of it as well, and I remember there being not only a pretty hefty instruction manual, but there was a yeah, map.
1: there's a 70-page booklet, there's a map, there's a full world map, there's a monster sheet that lists every monster in the game, there's a full sheet that lists which items, which characters can equip, and then there's, like, a on that one, there's, like, a poster, basically, of, of the... Of the sword and axe crossing and the orb in the middle oh interesting i didn't I didn't know it was quite it
0: was quite that in that was quite that detailed with all the information that you need to know all of a sudden I don't feel so bad about having to play this game with a map that, a map that I had found online as well as a section in at, on a game f a q of what weapons are equipable by what people and how powerful they are because I played the NES version. I had none of that information.
1: Yeah, that all of that's provided for you. And even, uh, even on the maps they give you a couple uh, they give you the maps on the bottom half of all the dungeon maps of the bottom half of the world. So even the ice one. So that comes included in the original yeah. So you gotta imagine that's what, you know, the the developers are like, well they're gonna have this friggin' novel next to them <laughs> to refer to. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, uh, I'm curious, you know, now that you're, now we're off adventuring in the story, uh, what, uh, we have to talk about the battle and, and the fights in this game, cause that's basically it all it is. It's, it's, it's map scene and it's battle screens.
0: Yes, it is you running on an endless fetch quest for somebody, for some, you know, to, to further on to go fetch another thing, but it's, it's the combat.
1: As much as, as much as this is going to date me, you know, the NES one has the, uh, I don't even know how you call it, the attack fields I guess you would say Yeah you'd you're like say...
0: attacking you are assigning you're assigning spots it's an interesting it's an interesting way to do it uh in that well it's a frustrating way first of all because uh you have to assign all your guys to attack one particular monster whether or not that monster is alive or not so if you assign two of your guys to fight to fight someone one of the first one kills it the second one has an ine- just says the word ineffective because he's just kind of waving his sword at, at whatever it is. It's an interesting take because it's almost presenting this idea that all of the combat is happening concurrently, which is not actually how the numbers are working. Like, it's clearly that there is an order involved. And so, like, oh, if someone dies before they get their attack, they don't get an attack. But the way that your characters are supposed to fight... It's supposed to be designed to have, like, this illusion that they're all fighting at the same time. Like, you were ordering two guys to attack Mad Pony. Um, but <laughs> if Mad Pony's not there anymore, well, all of a sudden you got attacked by a Grimp.
1: A, a gray imp, I think, is what that's short for. I
0: was wondering what that was, because, like, this imp is blue. It's clearly blue. I'm like, that's not green. Could it be gray? I don't, I don't know. Which is then, like, later you see that as, like, growth. For for gerwolves, which I guess you know, <laughs> you could say most uh, most wolves are gerwolves.
1: Yeah, they all ger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and well, the iOS one automates, so it's uh, if you kill something, it just shoots you to the next monster. And, oh, good, because the monsters didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the it, it's a weird thing because part of me, part of me likes it and makes the game a little bit more functionally functionally like makes more sense. Like, oh, there's not that you're not going to just swing at air. But on the other hand, it completely changes your strategy in those battles. It almost oh, does make completely. them far easier. So, you know, like I, I would just click attack all on the same character just to hurry it up. You know, yeah, just yeah. You just
0: have like an auto command or something that I think like some of the late that well, not some of the later, I mean, like some of the SNES ones had.
1: But in the NES one, you really have to plan out attacks. You're like, oh, these two guys are going to go here. I want to make sure this, you know, ogre ogre is dead before I go on and move on to the creeps. Right, right, right. Which is right. a great name. Yeah, you,
0: yes. Yeah, you had to, to function, like, organize. Like, okay, well, this ogre has may has taken one hit from my fighter. I would guess that either another hit from the fighter or uh, attack from the red mage and the thief would be able to kill it. And then you can then move on to, to whatever it is, whether you're fighting bone or, or what have you. I think it's also interesting that when you're fighting, when you get into a random encounter, that's... I think the, the packs are randomly determined such that it will say, like, oh, this is going to be a fight involving some number of ogres and creep, or this will be a battle involving some number of bone or some number of, of whatever it is, that there's different categories of, of each section. And then from there, it, like, randomizes the makeup of that group. Yeah. Such that, like, later in the game, when there are sections that are um, maybe... They're not even, like, mini-boss fights, but scripted fights. Like, every time you step on a given square, you have to fight Earth or something like that. But it will give, like, a random number of them. Or, like, wizards, for example. Like, sometimes you'll fight two wizards. Sometimes you'll fight four wizards. But so oh, it's, I, hated
1: it's really... that. I hated that fight, by the <laughs> way, the first time. It always sucks, the wizard fight, because you're always...
0: Oh, it's at the end of the dungeon. You're all like, yeah, you're in a marsh cave, along, right? And so it, I think that it's an interesting way to to go about it. That it's the type of fight that you're in is randomized, and then from there, I assume it's then randomized, um, the the actual makeup of that of that grouping. So you'll be fighting, you know, maybe zero to one ogres, one to three creep.
1: I think you're right. There's something there. I, I some of them are always one. Like the ice cave boss is always just one evil eye. I think he was called in yours, right? Uh, it was just eye, eye. Okay, he's called the, he's called the evil eye for us. Okay, And us iOS players, you have the drink command in NES.
0: <laughs> we sure do. We have an item command that is separate from a drink
1: command. I I find this endlessly charming.
0: <laughs> especially, it's especially weird because. In the NES version, there's not that many things to drink.
1: There's three. Yeah, there's
0: that's three it. Things your to healing drink. potion, your antidote, and your soft potion.
1: That's it. There's there is endlessly more things to drink in iOS, which. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's Final Fantasy in
0: California, or Germany. There's many more things to drink. Oh
1: yeah, we got we got the wine, we got the little beer, we got All a little. Right. We got ton. We got a ton of stuff to drink. This is a this is a white
0: ether. A
1: white ether. Ether, ether.
0: I have been called out on that so many times. Yeah. I got to be honest, calling it ethernet. Anyway, oh, uh, or this is this is a good burgundy elixir. <laughs>
1: right. This, this is a good year. Right. This this heel. This is a great. This is a great year for soft. The, two, right. the two. If you have
0: a ninety-four heel, that's a mega heel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The ni- <laughs> especially from the Cornelia region. I don't know how they're growing their heel grapes out in Cornelia. But it's fantastic. I think they had a dry winter or dry summer. I really brought out the flavor of this heel. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. <laughs> but so they did they do did, did they combine that into into one option? Yeah, it's just item. It's
1: just it's just item now. It's oh, okay. just all item. All right. Uh, we'll be right back on one more turn. one more turn i'm kevin
0: now i'm jim all right so kevin for the for the combat i know that there were many different uh, the different characters that you chose at the beginning i know it had a a significant impact clearly on on how you played the game granted um kind of i went into it kind of blind granted they're all sort of pretty basic i had like a basic understanding of what these guys are you know the fighter type is going to be your warrior tanky warrior guy i the wizards kind of were self-explanatory. You know, the, the red guy does some things that the white guy and, and the black mage do, but um, I had actually, like, no idea what some of the other ones did. So, like, what did, first of all, like, what, what did you play the game with?
1: Uh, because I knew iOS was a lot simpler with sort of saves, and you can kind of get away with a lot more, I went with a fighter, red mage, two black belts.
0: Oh, interesting. So that is a that's gonna be like a a pure damage and almost nothing else.
1: Yes, with some light light spell casting and healing when necessary.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually not that different than what I did. Mine was you just substitute one of the black belts for a fighter. I had two fighters, a red mage and a black belt.
1: Because iOS you can save virtually anywhere at any time. And it's yeah, which makes the game a million times easier. Uh, there's no peril involved. There's no like danger involved. So you could just go super heavy on attack and just w- w- lay waste to the entire world pretty pretty quickly. Right, but
0: every time you lose a character, since you don't have access to a life spell or do they have anything like a phoenix yeah, down or th- anything like that? That's
1: the thing. So the the item system slowly changed. So because of that, you have phoenix downs. You have high potions. Oh my gosh. You have ether. You have high ether. You have elixirs, and you have mega elixirs.
0: Oh, okay. So, what became then the Final Fantasy staples then throughout the the rest of the series?
1: Yeah, and I have I have a little bit of a problem with them adding all this to the game. I I, I prefer Heatsoft. I prefer just the three in the NES because it gives the game a sense of actual actual peril, actual danger. And if you just have ethers lying around, this is. This is a whole discussion on why I don't like ether in magic games or why magic systems need to be very, very well thought out before you add an element like ether in it.
0: Oh, so you're talking about, like, how limited the resource for magic actually is?
1: Yeah, like, if there's ether in the world, if there's, we're talking about the game world, there's ether in the world, anybody, it is it is the steroids of fantasy games. Anybody could just it's be performance great. It's a
0: performance-enhancing drug for your mages.
1: <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> anybody in the game world could be a great magician, you know, I right. think rich a-hole could just...
0: Start tossing fly. around lit twos every which way. <laughs> yeah, would be just, fine because you just take a swig and then you're just back to zapping everybody.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't, you don't, and the reason I went, and it is in fact the reason I went uh fighter heavy on mine because I was like, well, I got all these high potions in, in my back pocket. I'm never going to need a white mage in reality. Okay. Uh, I can just level guys up, or I can just level guys up to 50 and bam, I'll just blow through this game like nothing, and that's pretty much exactly what happened.
0: Did you really level up your guys to level 50?
1: You can get, oh, you can level them up so fast, and they've changed the level up system, so it's a lot easier to get, get hot, like you can just do a, you just go to the wind, the wind uh, uh, dungeon and just all those all those enemies give you a ton of experience, and you can easily get your guys up to like fifty in, in uh, no time. Is it, is
0: it like an extended ver- It's kind of like a a later version of the 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 giant part of was it the Earth Cave? Is that what that is? No, the wind. What do you mean? Where's where, where's the there's a section? Oh, uh, in a—I yeah. like, I think it's the Earth Cave, right? Where there's giant. There's a section where there's all there's. It's a dead end, but every space you step on has giants that give you like a ton of experience and mind. Yeah, yeah.
1: So first I just go there and just level up to about twenty and then just if you get to if you go there and just level up to twenty, the whole rest of the game just sort of becomes easy after that. Like it's sort of you gain levels still, but it, you sort of are naturally as you gain experience going on to later stuff, going to be ahead of everything. So yeah, I just went there, got yeah, to twenty well, and just blew and I through. Found, I
0: found that a little frustrating because I feel like I didn't I, you know, it may have just been like due to the makeup of the party that I didn't really have to worry about grinding mm-hmm. like, really anything up like up to that point until I kinda started hitting like you know, like the Earth Cave or um specifically what came to mind it was the, the section um the, the Cave of Orde- Castle of Ordeals. Um that the before like before that I was just like just blowing through everything. Granted there were problem you know, like there were all sorts of problems in the in the marsh cave just because everything there poisons you everything there stuns you and i have a lot of nasty things that i can say about status effects in that game
1: <laughs> yeah you're kind of screwed in that cave like that that's the first real challenge is that march cave like they really try to test you cuz they you're limited in your resources and your spells yeah, yeah it's you're... frustrating
0: because you know poison is obnoxious in every single game i think that it has ever been in but you know it's kind of supposed to be that's kind of the point but So, like, not only does it slowly tick down your health, which in combat is not actually that significant, but it's like every step you take, you take damage. I don't think it ever actually... It doesn't kill you outside of battle. It can kill you in battle. But, first of all, it can't be healed by sleeping. So you go to the inn. Yeah, you don't sleep off poison. You go into a cabin. Like, let's say you open up a treasure chest, and inside there's a house, because that's how it works. Uh, Yeah, that house ain't going to help you. And then also, not only that, is it kicks whichever poisoned person you have to the back of your party for whatever reason.
1: Oh yeah, that's, I forgot about that. Yeah, they don't do that in the iOS one, but yeah, they kick you in the back. I I have no idea why.
0: I had no idea why that was done because I had every time my guy would get poisoned. It would always be one of my fighters kicked to the back. For some reason, it kicks my red mage to the top. I'm like, oh my god, I just want
1: this to end. (laughs) Yeah, that was. I don't know why. I don't know what designer thought that was a cool idea. Maybe they just thought, oh, the person's naturally going to want to just put their weakest guy in the back.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like just to protect that person. But you're already keeping your weak guys back there, and and for stun. stun was you know it doesn't matter it didn't matter to me like how high a level my guys were if i was going to get stuck into a battle with eight like ghasts or geists or whatever it is um anything that's anything that stuns you you had like you ran you had to run because otherwise you would it didn't matter how high a level you were it was going to be a death of a thousand stings and i would just like crank up you know crank up the battle to about like five hundred to a thousand percent game speed and just watch my guys just trickle down to death. Because not only did you because like it didn't even matter if you recovered on the turn that you were stunned, you still lost that turn.
1: Yeah, it uh especially when they, they ambush you. It's Whoa, frustrating. Oh my god. Yeah, I hate it. That's why that's the only reason to have a thief in your party is I don't I think if you have a thief who later becomes a ninja you you the the times being ambushed goes like way down and you yeah you run better you preempted strike more often it it helps with those battle battle you know those battle whatever entering a battle
0: well so we didn't we
1: didn't use it much but uh let's talk about the magic system for a bit
0: here which i originally when i looked at it it felt exactly almost exactly like um, like dungeons and dragons second edition where you have so many charges of each of your different leveled spells that would then replenish every time you you slept or, so, or something equivalent to that like i played well it wasn't entirely like that it wasn't entirely like a Baldur's gate system but it was very it was very very close where it's like okay you can cast four level 2 spells here are the ones that you know
1: yeah in a way i like the challenge of it i like that they've that the magic system is like okay you there's four white There's four black mage spells to learn, but you can only grab three. So you actually have to make a choice. It is like, it is role-playing in that sense. Like, you have to make a real choice as to what you want. And uh, because the magic system in the NES one is based off, not of magic points, which I have. That's a whole other issue I have with magic points. Or easily you can be overpowered in magic in caves. But yours is like a slot system, like you can only cast five, at a certain level, you can only cast five, you know, a level one spell five times. I, as I may sound weird, I might sound a weird, like a weirdo, like a glutton for punishment, but I kind of like that because it presents a real challenge and real role playing because now you have to make decisions in terms of what spells do you want. You're, the, you have the red mage. We both had the red mage. So now you have one, you have black and white spells to choose from.
0: There was no choice, right? He was really only there to heal, right?
1: Yeah, mostly heal. Mostly you want heal stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because you know, I I understand that you're keeping the resources, like not only as you were mentioning before with talking about the ethers, but <laughs> also just in, in having to choose choose your spells and choosing how exactly you're trying to present. It, just, like, just in general, I mean, magic's really powerful. Like, let's be honest, it, it really is. Even though I think, like, the damage that it does, I think, is almost completely luck-driven. But, and also, also in the NES version, half the spells don't actually work.
1: Yeah, no. Oh, I think Saber, Saber doesn't work, or there's one yeah, spell. Yeah, there's,
0: there's, like, there's, like there's, there's, like there's, like, four different spells. I think they're almost X, all black magic that just X don't zone. work. X-Zone.
1: Yeah, X-Zone, or X-X-X-X doesn't work this is why I liked this magic system because it has like a game world, real world application to it. Like if it is that difficult to sort of choose all your spells and cast them and sort of having to stockpile them in a way for dungeons, it makes the game feel a, like a challenge, but it makes you as a player feel like, you know what? This is why my four heroes of light were able to do what, you know, the Knights of Cornelia couldn't do. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I managed my inventory correctly. I, 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 made, I did my battles properly. I stockpiled and and I leveled up my guys correctly. Right, you made, you made
0: best, yeah, you made best use of your resources. Yeah, so, like much better than the previous iterations of Warriors of Light had. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let, let's talk about what actually goes on. What actually happened in this game?
1: So, it, because I mean, it's pretty it's pretty simple.
0: Pretty wild. Well, I, it's, it gets, it's very simple and then yeah. it just goes off the rails.
1: Well there's some nice there's, yeah I, I want I'm curious what you mean by off the rails you mean getting out of the so so yeah after you've gosh that was half an hour ago after you've left after you've crossed the bridge, you go to that town you procure a boat by beating up the pirates. <laughs> that fight
0: horrified me the very first time I played it when I was like seven years old I'm like there's so many guys. I'm so few guys. How are so few guys gonna beat so many guys?
1: Then, then you go to the elf uh, world or Elf Town. I think it's actually called Elf Town, <laughs> which is great. Great. I think naming. it's pronounced Elfton. <laughs> great naming square, Elfton. The elf is the elf king is asleep. You have to get an herb in order to wake him. But in order to get the herb, you have to get the crown. And in order to get uh, in order to get the cr- uh, crown. You have to. Oh no! I'm sorry. In order to get to the herb, you have to get the crystal from Matoya. In order to get that, you have to get the crown to give to the dark, ma- the dark elf who will give you the crystal.
0: And the crystal gets fed to a troll or something.
1: No, no, that's that's, that's later. So uh, the ruby. That, that's the ruby. Yeah. There's oh a lot my gosh. of. The,
0: no, it's the, basically you're tr- you're swapping. It is like quid pro quo. The game. You are just constantly finding a thing. And you're trading it up. It's like you're going from your paperclip to your mansion. All the meanwhile, trying to to investigate the four dungeons, each each of which applied to a different element.
1: Oh, and then you get, I'm sorry, you get, when you get the herb to wake the elf, you get the Mystic Key, which opens up all these rooms around the, I would call it the small world, the Cornel, the right. realm of Cornelia. Get you, to rob,
0: you get to rob Cornelia's <laughs> treasury.
1: <laughs> yeah, which gets you the TNT, which you give to the... Dwarves, dwarves who then open the up a thing, thing to open up
0: the rest of the world.
1: To, and, then, and then when you get that, then you're in the real world, the open world, and then you can kind of start going. First you have to go to the Earth Cave, uh, which I, I kind of like the Earth Cave. It's kind of had that cool thing where you, first you go beat the vampire, which seemed impossible, and then you have to track all the way back out. When you, you kill the vampire and get the ruby, you track all the way back out and you're like, told no, it's not the vampire who's causing the Earth to decay. There's someone even deeper into that cave. So then you have to Backtrack and go... Anyway, like you said, fetch quest after fetch quest in order to eventually get the canoe.
0: Right. You get the <laughs> which, canoe, eventually, you know, then, then you turn that... Not, you don't know, turn it, but you use that to go get an airship. And it certainly... I, I certainly like the upgrades to transportation that you get over time.
1: I like that aspect of it. Because once you get the canoe, in my opinion, which leads to your airship, th- then the whole world is open to you. So... It's it's an open world, and you kind of do have some freedom to move around, uh, somewhat. But isn't there
0: still like a pretty a pretty like steady order to what it is that you need to do? There is like one or two side kind of side missions you do. You, you obviously when you know you get the crown, eventually you can use that to to go to the castle of ordeals to turn, to have all your people graduate from Chibi University and turn into weird action figure <laughs> mode going from like upgrading g- upgrading all of your guys and specifically I really enjoyed the art in this game specifically the the character and enemy models like the enemy models I'd say they're really sharp for the time period
1: oh yeah really detailed
0: like but it's so strange that your characters when you upgrade them they go from being like these cute little like you can imagine them just being like oh look they're kind of like cartoony to turning into like what's functionally like GI Joes
1: yeah yeah. They look tough. I think that that's they, good. They look good. Yeah, like, well they look tough. They look ugly. Uh
0: yeah. It's just like they just they just go from being like there's no like outlines on them. There's really mm-hmm. it's just nothing. They're just almost like monocolored guys. And then they just like all that is just like rippling muscles going everywhere.
1: Well even the, the black uh the black wizard or black mage becomes a wizard. He takes his hood off and he has Oh yeah, cool, in terms cool of like Ozzy Osbourne. He has a cool buzz cut going on. Kind of. At that point, they all look the same, too. Like, they kind of, like, all their personality of each little character has drained into this. They all have, like, the same body shape. I don't know. They just look the same to me. Right, they just right. look and like the actually, same person with different armor. That they,
0: that they then kind of evolve out of what is now kind of considered to be, like, the classic characterization of those characters. Because, like, the Black Mage... The black mage specifically—that's kind of a, that's an iconic character now in the Final Fantasy series. The black wizard? No, you nah. just like kind of just immediately thrown away. But so as as you're as you're going through this game, did you did you were there any sections that you that you had difficulty with? Like what 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 was the general difficulty at least in the the iOS version?
1: The 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 ice cave is still difficult, um, cause that one's always because it's the same thing. It's a ton of stun and poison enemies. And the evil eye can just kill you in one hit, not even, not even a spell. He just hits you and you die. Um, the wind tower, which was once my favorite cause it was so difficult is now, I should say not the wind tower, the flying fortress, the second half of the wind, wind, wind dungeon is way easier. It's far, far easier now. Like, especially with the, with the party I had uh there's no challenge cuz and, and a lot a little bit of it has to do with yeah because they've fixed the black mage's spells or you know uh they they've right, they've you have, fed you have more
0: resources it. on hand well no no, no i'd always potions have a, and the like but
1: yeah yeah and i i'd always have a black mage in my party when i was playing on the nes and all his like you said all his later level 5 through 8 spells didn't work properly
0: yeah again i was kind of going into this game kind of blind and i think i think it was the the wind the wind tunnel uh, or the wind Castle, the Floating Castle, where just when you're about to get up to uh, the wind boss there, Tiamat, you're just like, oh, by the way, here's this giant effing robot in the way. Like, what? Yeah, what
1: yeah, is they, this? They got who, rid of that. Who put they that there? They got rid of that in the iOS one, which kind of bummed me out. Because, yeah, like, all of a sudden, you're walking down that tunnel, right? That last tunnel to get right. to. And, and it's right outside his door. Yeah, that mechanical and he just nukes, thing.
0: And he literally drops a nuke on top of your guys. Yeah,
1: yeah they got rid of that. I was pissed that they got rid of that cause I was like, cause that's supposed to be, that's, that whole level originally is supposed to feel like the final dungeon. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it's built up as. And yeah, especially you're, that you're long, in a castle
0: in the gosh darn sky.
1: Yeah, and it's that long tunnel is supposed to be like the big build up for the final boss, and then that mini boss or scripted boss or whatever you want to call it.
0: I don't even think it's scripted. I think it's kind of. I think it may be a random. And I was just unfortunate enough to have to face War Mech.
1: Yeah, there's no War Mech. I I never faced War Mech in the iOS. He's probably there. I walked around that stage like a long time because it looks cool. It looks a lot cooler in the iOS one. It's not just uh the black background for everything. It's like, there's a, you see clouds mm-hmm. in the background. Oh, well, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. little neater. and
0: like, it's just so, it's so strange that like, I'm going through this I and mean, there's the general fantasy kind of guys. Oh, there's dragons and there's giants and ogres and creep and imps and all that. And then just all of a sudden, war mech. <laughs> what is going on? I, I, before, okay. I kind of made sense when there, I had. When there's like little guards and they kind of look like really like like really kind of garbage robots. Especially when they're coming in with bad man and evil man, like okay, I guess they're kind of just the little robot creators. I don't know. Then all of a sudden, just dropping this mech on me.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, there's a little story there. There's a little bit of a story that's not properly flushed out in the NES version. Why there's mechs there, Mm -hmm. and that is the flying fortress was. I'll explain this to you guys. You At some point in the game, you have to go to this, what's called the Leafinish town. And the Leafinish, which are highly based on the Greeks, as you could tell, because they were togas, which is a nice touch to me because it kind of references the earth, wind, fire, water thing. But the Leafinish, it is explained that that was their fortress. And they had built it. And right when they had completed it and built it and possibly built in all the mechs inside of it, that Tyamet, fiend of the wind, came over and took it over, like kicked them all out. So I think, I think the next thing is supposed to be something that the Leafanish, the Greeks, had created with this flying fortress. I mean, they oh. create a flying fortress. So, so, that's oh, supposed so to be like yeah, tech. so they
0: are like a super advanced civilization that has um, sort of been exiled from, or has been kicked out of their their home their home territory
1: that is an actual like retcon story i think that's just because the nes probably didn't explain it very well
0: well the the to really didn't because it really only had the single like the single text screens is you know i said most of the explaining they got done was done via manual and the like so yeah kind of understandable
1: and they don't even explain that in the manual i remember it just seemed like yeah but you're right i remember playing it Originally, I'd be like, "Whoa, whoa! Now I'm in this like tech game, like this weirdo tech world." But that's what it's supposed to be. They created the fortress, all that tech, techie stuff, and then time it just came in and took it all over. And they're not called. That's the other thing. That's another. All the names got changed. So like, bad is supposed to be Black Knight, and you're supposed to and like and like mage is supposed to be like Black Wizard. So like, the character classes, the master character classes, you are, they're supposed to be like. The dark versions of that okay. on this level. Oh, that's so, like, interesting. That's why it's supposed to feel. That's the other thing. It's supposed to make it feel like it's the final dungeon, mm-hmm. right? Is, is those aspects? It's like you're now you're seeing doppelgangers. You're seeing the evil versions of yourselves.
0: And I guess it's the you know, and the ro- the robots themselves. I suppose prepare at least they prepared me a little bit for what was to come after, like after okay, all the orbs are gra- are, ba- are up and working. Yay, the world saved. I think, but oh no, oh no! Actually, I now have to wait. What do you ask me to do? I have to go back in time. How many years?
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, before, before we get into that, actually, there, there's one other than the title screen. There's one section of the wind, the flying fortress. That's my kind of my favorite in the game. Did you view the? Did you go up to the window in the flying fortress? I do not believe you, so. There's a scene, there's a you get to a certain floor and there's a robot on that floor, and he kind of says, Hey, look out the window. And what you have to do is go to this you literally have to on the NES go to a black you go to a just an
0: like an empty wall. Just,
1: yeah, an empty wall and press a button. And it's more obvious in the iOS one, but it says, it tells you in text, in the iOS it gives a little animation, but it says like the It shows the wor- it says a world map, and it says from each corner of the world is where the crystals are. And flowing from each corner into the center of the map is the true source of all this evil. And directly in the center of the game map is the Chaos Temple, the very first... The Cave of Fiends. Yeah, so that is supposed to be when it's supposed to click. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that is the source of all this this trouble. And that's what it makes more sense when you look at the window, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, it, that it gives does you not a that does not
0: explain time travel here.
1: I know, I know. It's I, I guess at that point they're like, well, we've already thrown in a flying fortress. Let's go time travel now. And so yeah, so you go, you beat it, you go back to that circle of mage, which we haven't discussed. The circle, nah, of, leave them uh, out. Yeah,
0: uh,
1: and they're dumb. Yeah, they basically, you know, you're basically told go to the chaos temple touch the orb in the middle and you're going to fly back 2,000 years in time.
0: Otherwise, this will all repeat over and over and over again. We'll be right back on One More Turn. Welcome back to One More Turn. I'm Jim.
1: I'm Kevin. So, the ending of this game, you go you go back to the original temple. The five bats that were in the temple turned out to be some Leaf finish warriors that were supposed to stop Garland and didn't stop Garland from creating this time loop.
0: Oh no. So if I fail, do I then become bats as well?
1: I don't know why. It doesn't explain why they're bats. Oh. I think it just says I think he just says, Oh, the chaos fiend the fiends turned us into bats, which why didn't they turn me into a bat when I, our party's into bats while we were fighting them? Because you're I, a warrior know. of light, man. That's true. Touching that orb. Got that orb in my hand. <laughs> And you, you go into the Castle you go into the Chaos Temple and you you know, fly through it. You basically have to kinda of replay each dungeon again in a way.
0: Yeah, they're like they're like smaller there's smaller versions of them, but then you have to then in the in the Capcom sort of way then slog through each boss then or upgraded
1: versions of each boss. Right, right, and and then after you've gone through all the bosses, maybe along the way you've picked up Massimune, you've picked up an ancient sword or two, you get to the final... They're just lying around. (laughs) They're just lying in treasure chests in the past 2,000 years. You get to Garland is the final boss, the guy you killed who had the princess. What? What a twist. What a crazy twist that he... Explains the plot to you. He does the classic villain move where he explains the entire plot to you before he turns into super being chaos and which you have to fight and kill. And it's a, it's, you know, it's a big, big old final boss he battle. He takes up like all...
0: most of the, most of the enemy block in the NES version. It's pretty, impo- pretty imposing figure.
1: Yeah, and then you know he's he is ridiculously harder in the iOS one because in the NES one he only has like two thousand hit points. I don't think even that much. I I I finished him in two rounds. So like, yeah, and he he I don't know if, if you you probably didn't have this in the iOS one. He casts a heal halfway through, so he has twenty thousand hit points in the iOS one, and halfway through he he gets ten thousand of those back. So it's a thirty thousand hit point boss fight. In a game oh. where everything else is in a game where everything else has been like 1,000, 2,000, maybe 5,000 here, all of a sudden he is just astronomically harder than everybody else.
0: That is insane. Which is good. I, I suppose yeah, that, that's which is, why they have those sections then later on in the game to to level up.
1: Yeah, so that's why I had to get up to 50 because uh, cause I had just sort of glanced a fac and I was like looking at all the different characters and all of a sudden yeah it's like. It's like 20,000. Yeah. Oh Plus, he's gonna cast heal. He's
0: like when I when I did that fight. Like I think I had two of my characters dead. But I'm like, you know what? Like, let's just give this guy a shot. And just in two rounds, he drops. I'm like, oh, that's it.
1: It's a letdown on the NES one. But he before that fight. So this has to be explained. You know, you beat him and you get the big, you know, whoop-de-doo. The earth is saved. But I think we need to explain a little bit of this plot here for a second, this time loop thing. And which is the fiends sent him forward in time in order for No, he sent the fiend the four fiends forward in time in order for them to then send the him back two thousand years in time to birth them and send them forward in time.
0: What? Is that really I got like none of that.
1: So <laughs> yeah, this is where the, the retcon iOS thing comes in, is that so those four, so you, you, like we said, you fight them four times, you fight them all over again, but you're not fighting stronger versions of them. You are fighting the original iterations of them. You're okay. fighting, they have just, they have just been birthed by chaos. That's why they only have oh, 500 experience That's and actually one gold really piece. Clever. Yeah, right? <laughs> Too bad it's not explained very well in the NES one. Uh, but yeah, it's like, they have just been created and now they are, being killed off right when they're birthed and then you're killing Sweet the monster. thing that birthed them so now because you've killed them at their birth at their inception right before they're going to be sent forward in time you're killing that time loop and then in defeating chaos you're completely destroying that time loop of them sending him back having him sending them forward i which is an insane idea yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i i I did not think we were going to have a primer discussion here, but. <laughs> right.
1: Because whenever I get into time travel stuff, I'm always like, well, how did the first loop happen? You know, if they created him and he created them, how did the how did that happen the first time? And it, it's not always, it's never explained well in any sort of time loop game. It's
0: just in there for the convenience of the story, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I will say this, at the time when you're a kid you feel like your mind is blown when you get to that point in the story because you're like you for the first time it feels like there's something of a coherent story in there. Well, it's
0: no longer it's no longer about saving the world anymore. It's like you are saving you're saving like you're almost saving like almost borderline like the you're saving time. You're saving the world and you're saving <laughs> the world like infinitely many times.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they, they explain it in the... I don't know if they explain it in at the end of the NES version, because there's a little, like, sub, you know, pro... Uh, uh, like an epilogue. epilogue, yeah. And it's like, no one remembers it now. No one... Like, the, all the good work you did, no one remembers course, it now. Of course, because
0: everything has always been fine.
1: Yeah, and not even the light warriors who saved the world supposedly don't remember it. And then my attitude's always like, well, what happened to all these orbs or crystals as they later became... What happened to those? Do they still
0: like, have that awesome gear. It's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, where? You know, hey, that's an awesome ancient sword. Where did you get it? Yeah, it's just I don't always know. around. I'm...
1: I've had it. I've had it. I, you know, I just I keep it in the chest in the back of my house. It's just it's a family heirloom. It's an heirloom I, at this point. It comes out. For, it yeah. comes
0: out on holidays. Cut the ham.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to cut, cut the bad pony. <laughs> Let me get my excalibur out to cut <laughs> cut some of this bad pony. <laughs> Oh, the best part of the Mad Pony is when you have like Mad Pony brisket. It's like a, you know, you barbecue it, you throw some heel all over it, and you just baste it over over a nice level one fire, yes. you know? A you nice
0: just... level one fire, so long, and maybe perhaps drizzle it with a good creep glaze.
1: Oh, yeah. That creep glaze, man. That creep glaze. You don't go as good with creep glaze and antidote potions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, so we'll be uh, we'll be right back on one more turn.
0: Welcome back to one more turn. I'm Jim and I'm Kevin. And today we're talking about uh, our indie spotlight. Uh, so, Kevin, what have you been playing?
1: I've been playing. A browser game called Button X20. Button X20. Sure what from, is, what is Button X20? I believe it's designed by just an independent game called by Ninja Doodle. That's the only information <laughs> I could find on who made it. But it is a platformer, single screen. So every, every action takes place on a single screen. And basically what you have to do, every level looks identical from the start. It's like three platforms on either side. Like you, you jump to a first level. There's a ground floor. You jump to a first level. You jump to a second level. You jump to a third level. There's a beam above the third level that you can't touch. You have to disable it. Above that beam is a key that you have to jump and grab. And when you grab that key, you open a door and go to the next level.
0: Oh, I, I think I've seen, I think I, I may have played this recently. Is that, but there's a number of levels. They all look, they all look identical, but it kind of it gives you a clue, yeah. right? Because they all, they're all different. They all have their own quirk that you have to figure out, right?
1: Yeah. So the clue is usually the name of the level. So I think there's one that's called like pause. And what you have to do is the beam at the top I was referring to is like flashing and you have to jump. You have to jump over the beam when it's off for a second. And because of the timing, you can't, you're not going to fall through it without it hitting you. So you have to jump, get the key and pause it. And then you have to time your unpause to when the, when the beam might stop and then you'll fall through and go through the door. Or there's a, uh, there's a place where you drop out the bottom of the level and then there's all these spikes that kind of rise and fall and you have to kind of, you have to push this block that's higher than these spikes that rise and fall. You jump down, push the block, jump back on before the spikes rise. When they fall, you just, you do that all the way across to the right. Eventually you'll get, you know, a key and then you'll whoop back around and open the door. And I, I, you know, if you have 30 minutes to burn, you could burn through this game that quickly. Uh but it's just really fun and inviting and, and inventive and you know, it's if you it, it's it's really cool. Like it's it's I would definitely try not to do any cheats or facts on this one.
0: Right. Uh, I've I've always had uh, a soft spot for games that have I what I'll call inconsistent repetition in which what you're seeing what you're seeing is not changing, however the interpretation is.
1: Exactly. Yes, and it's just—it's one of those great things. Games that sort of cue you in on how just a simple tweak in the design of a level, or just the design of the controller or the input, can just completely change the exact same world over and over again. Like one one little map can be done fifty million ways, or twenty ways in this <laughs> sense. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not that ones. long. In the game. <laughs> yeah, twenty different ways just by a simple you know, addition or subtraction of a gameplay element. You know, it's, it's fantastic from a design standpoint. You just, you get a real sense of like, oh, okay, these, you know, jumping is important, but what about, you know, pausing? Or what about, you know, sequence breaking? Or what about invisible platforms? Or what about a platform that just falls and now you have to jump Across the screen without jumping too high to hit the yeah it's like just, a broken button or
0: something along those lines. yeah
1: broken button or yeah, you have to push something like it's just like one of those great things where it doesn't always add elements as you go along uh, but it'll just have like one little just different thing each time you play this level to just make it almost a new experience
0: yeah I enjoy I enjoy games where it's very clear that whoever made the game had a blast while doing this because it is what is functionally like a developer's sandbox. That you're then kind of playing through. That you gotta imagine that somewhere there's a file on uh, the creator's computer with a number of other ideas for levels that may not have panned out or may may be in the works in the future. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was it was great. So I'm I'm going with Button X20. I think you can find it on multiple websites. I found it on ArmorGames.com, and I, I believe it said it's by Ninja Doodle. If I'm wrong, please let me know the right person and I'll correct it somewhere.
0: Sure, sure. So, this week, and actually a number of previous weeks, I have been playing um, a star of a recent Humble Bundle, Hotline Miami, which is, it is a, it's a top-down, it's a top-down puzzle, violent puzzle game, I suppose?
1: Like, top-down in the vein of uh, the original Grand Theft Auto? Oh, it
0: completely looks like, uh, look, looks a lot like the original Grand Theft Auto, just with more gore, way more gore to it. So, it's uh, it was, it came out last year, uh, on PC. I know it's uh, it's slated to, it's on on PC it's on Mac. Mac. It's on
1: Mac. I just got it on uh, the new Humble Bundle, no, Humble Bundle Eight. I'm waiting to play it. Yeah, so. uh,
0: I believe it is due out on uh, PS3 and Vita soon. And it's it's created by one of my absolute favorite indie developers, uh, a guy named Cactus. It's uh, Jonathan. Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna murder his last name. It's Soderstrom, I believe. Um, and and a partner who uh came up with it. Uh Cactus. He's known in the kind of in the indie game scene for coming up with really creative, generally not really fun uh games that really play off of like a particular concept.
1: Um yeah, there's usually a meta element oh, to a lot uh, of Oh, Generally, right? generally.
0: Um yeah. whether it's uh, he he had a he teamed up with the the band to do what is function like a music video game called Keyboard Drum Set Fucking Werewolf that I recommend. It's not it's not fun, but it's enjoyable. <laughs> if that makes okay. any sense, it's like I felt no, I feel I, good for having done it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, it's like watching a, a Terrence Malick movie.
0: Yeah. So in this case, so Hotline Miami um, is it, it's functionally a puzzle game where you are. A, you are a guy with an animal, a creepy animal mask, set into a floor full of mobsters, and just trying. You have to kill everybody in as quick and efficient, as quick, quickly, efficiently, and recklessly. You get points for all of these things. However, what, it, what is, kind of it is so, What kind of mask? What kind of mask? There's a whole, there's a whole cast of them. You start out with a chicken mask. You then like unlock like an owl. Who lets you see secrets easier? Or there is an octopus which throws out more melee weapons out there. Or there's a horse that if you hit someone with a door, they die. Um, They get the masks are get pretty weird. Where there's like there's a, I think it's like a it's a grasshopper who starts with an electric drill. Which the use of the electric drill, like I I have to say, like I've been playing, I've been playing violent video games for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have felt as uneasy as I have with a game as the portrayal of violence in Hotline Miami. That it is okay. it is so fast. It is so unflinching. It is unfur it is unflinching. It is unforgiving. The music is like is just it gets you into it. It is it is a fast, it's a hard beat. I really recommend even just looking up the soundtrack if you don't even if not picking up the game because it is Excellent. It's one of the best video game soundtracks I've heard in a while. But they all work together into creating this idea where you sort of, just, you inhale at the beginning of a level, you do the level, and then you exhale. It is it is such a fast game. It is such, it is, it, that you just, it you can't ever really stop to think in it. Which is strange because of how violent a game it is.
1: Yeah. It yeah. puts you, like waiting to exhale. It puts you
0: into this really fr- oh god, putting you into this really frightening situation, especially because when you clear a level, you then have to walk back through it to leave. So you have to look at all of the carnage that you caused. And it almost turns into like this Jacob's ladder situation where as as the game progresses, there are more and more kind of disturbing things going on where masks are talking to you uh, people that you killed are, are, are kind of haunting you and it is I absolutely adore this game for how aware it is well first of all of how perfect how perfectly it is getting the player in like to subscribe to this to this hyper violence that it is presenting but then also having something to say about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds cool. I I like games that... I hope it's not doing one of these things where it's giving like a negative, oh, video game violence, blah, blah, blah. It's ruining our children. But it sounds like it's actually trying to like get you to think about it without beating you over the head. No, about no, the morality it's not, of it's, it, not you know? it's not
0: going that far um with yeah. the with the morality. I I don't want to go too much too much into it because that's mostly in the in the ending, specifically the secret ending of the game. Um, but it does it certainly portrays video game violence in in such a kind of a, a kind of a like a thought provoking way um that as I said with the with the grasshopper mask, is that I had sort of subscribed to what this game was presenting to me, and yet I still felt uncomfortable with it. Yet it's still such, cool. yet it's still such a fun game that I still played through it, and I absolutely I absolutely adore this game. I and I rec- I recommend it wholeheartedly to everyone. So that's Hotline Miami out on uh, PC and Mac right now. Due out. Um, He's actually on Linux as well Do out on PS3 and Vita soon
1: Thank you for listening to One More Turn IED is courtesy of Pixel Hate That's Pixel H8 Off his album And The Revolution You can find his album at pixelh8.co.uk blue paint is courtesy of breakbeat heartbeat and the waveform generator off his album 2206 you can find him at soundcloud.com slash breakbeat heartbeat if you want to follow us you can check us out on our twitter which is at one more turn pod facebook account is facebook.com slash one more turn and you can always email us at one more turn podcast at gmail.com see you next time